Welcome to the Pinch Music Podcast, everybody. Uh, today we are still under quarantine. I feel like this is a never-ending, horrible thing that we're living in. Uh, I am here at uh, Pinch Recording by myself, as I have been for the last couple weeks. It's depressing and weird and isolating and very uh, emotional, which we'll get into in this episode. Uh, but today, uh, uh, oh, also, uh, shout out to the Paper House Network, um, where you can find the Carrie Allen Picture Show, the New York Comedy Club podcast, and recently added the Gone Girls podcast. Uh, we are going to be having a lot more fun stuff coming soon to the Paper House Network, so stay tuned. Uh, but today, what we're going to be doing is we are doing another panels with panels. Right, Nick? With Jim Panels. That's right. Uh, this is the fourth Panels with Panels. Lucky for Jim, we had a uh, uh, pandemic. It took a pandemic to get Jim to be the center of the podcast. This is pretty great, guys. I got to be honest. This pandemic's you know, the been good. suffering, but pretty nice. Pandemic's been pretty good for you, Jim. Yeah. A panels-demic, if you will. Oh, Oh, nice. a panels-demic. Oh, very Jim, interesting. Touche. The math, the math behind the pandemic? Um, well, it's, well, it's very, exponential growth. It's a lot like the Fibonacci sequence. It's actually we uh, should probably ex- we very should simple. Probably explain why there's so many voices on this episode right now. Go ahead, Nick. Well, so uh, I, we've decided since we um have pretty much, I don't even know what are we what are we doing here. We are we're crying together is what we're doing. Uh, we have the entire office with us today, joining us for the the episode uh, via Zoom. And we've decided that we all want to cry together today. So we have myself, Scott, and Jim, as usual, with your panels with panels. And joined today, uh, Emilio Savone, Amy Hawthorne, and Candy Claire. Thanks for joining us, guys. And um, I hope we can, uh, you know, move past this this pandemic, get a little cry in today, and we'll, we'll go from there, right? Rocco's here, too, okay. Nick. Oh, and Rocco. Rocco the dog. Um. Thank you for being here. So what we did is we created a playlist of songs to cry to. Uh, so these are great emotional songs um, that you can kind of just feel bad for yourself too. You know, so if you're feeling depressed and you want to slight slit your wrists or anything like that, you know, listen to a couple of these songs. It'll help you along your way to do that. You know what I mean? It's going to help you uh, no, succeed. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Maybe right. listen to the song cry and then don't do that. Well, the uh, crying will help you not do that. It's like a release. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do the crying part, not the slit your wrist part. Scott. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna need to put the suicide prevention hotline number in here now. Yeah, I'm not. Pro- I'm not promoting uh, suicide, but you know, it has been hard times. It has been hard times. Is anybody else Would feeling be less people to get the coronavirus? That's true. It's a good point. Um, you guys remember February? Wasn't February fun? Oh my God! What a great decade that was. Oh man. Yeah. January was good too. Everything seems good now. All these great songs to have when we have to quarantine again this winter. Oh God! I know. Ooh, October's going to be a good time. And, and by winter, you mean August? I know. Yeah. I'm well, right. I didn't even start the music part of it yet. I know it's very, it's very sad. This whole now, wait, thing. are well, are we releasing this? At, like, or people see the Zoom too, or probably not. Well, okay. that, he's Maybe saying that because he's because he's lazy. I'm I'm recording. I am recording the Zoom thing, so we can we can do little clips here and there if we want to from the Zoom. But Nick's not going to do that, so because we can't go, we can't waste the fact that Candy showered. I know, and, and you know, she's all done up over here. She's like all <laughs> like you know. The rest of us are just like 
Well, if you well, guys can take today, if, if you guys can <laughs> take my a, first one in a couple days, but I did. Took a picture. If you, yeah, if you guys want to take a picture and, and post yeah. it, then you know we can all do that. And Ooh, I like that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still showering every day. I'm not sure about this <laughs> not showering too. thing. Well, you're kind of living a life, Scott. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not living any sort of life. This is every morning is like uh, just a horrible waking. Like, oh my god, we have to do this again. That's kind of where we're at. So I um, wake. Go ahead. Nothing. You wake what? I wake up every morning till I got you, babe. Why is that? Basically how I wake. Uh-huh. It's Groundhog Day reference. Groundhog Day reference. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Groundhog Day. Bill Murray every day wakes up to that, and I'm showering more than ever. Which thing again? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, here, here we go. So, um, we each chose two. Well, we made a larger playlist, which is what we've been doing, where we all added songs that we like to cry to, and then I, uh, you know, and then we each chose two of our favorite songs to cry to on that list, and that's what we're going to be playing on the episode. So, each person here, there's six of us, have chosen two songs, and we're going to go in order, play the songs, and uh, I encourage you to check out the playlist and uh, listen to them. So, the first one is going to be by our friend the Ear, Nick Angelo. And here we go. I was on your porch The smoke sank into my skin So I came inside to be with you Okay, I want to cut this off because I might actually start crying. Uh, that is on your porch by the format. And let me just first start off with, um, I always have a hard time with these challenges. Every time we do a panels with panels, I find myself enjoying the, uh, the struggle. Uh, but this one, asking me to come up with a list of songs to cry to <laughs> is like asking someone to breathe. I mean, this was my wheelhouse to the point where I had to realize like, okay, look, uh, let me try to make this more universal and pick songs that are like universally able to cry to and not just my, you know, biography of despair. Uh, so this was, a, this, I was, I was putting on all kinds of lists and my inner emo kid really shined through here. Um, so this was kind of a nice blast in the past for me and, uh, I shed some tears just putting the, these songs together, but this this one, this one's a little bit more personal for me. Uh, this song, actually, the uh, second verse, that's the part I actually like to challenge myself uh, when I put this song on to see how far I can get into it without starting to cry and like freaking clockwork. Right into the first five words of the second verse, it's just Niagara Falls, Frankie Jr., and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a one. It, it, it wrenched me. I'm not going to get into my own personal life and like, give my uh, biography here and make everyone feel sorry for myself. But like this song makes me cry. And I had imagined that like there's three verses of it and they're all very sad. So it's a very melodic and uh, and most acoustic songs usually are pretty sad. Um, That's kind of the, well, clearly, uh, clearly we touched on this uh, something with Nick about the sad stuff because he doesn't usually talk this much on the (laughs) the podcast. You want to tell us what happened uh, that made you so upset for the verse two or no? I'll listen to the verse. You'll figure it out. Right. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much uh, exactly what was going on in my life. Well, so, I'm going to listen to that verse tonight, late at night. While yeah, I'm putting so now I on. made you, now you have to go and listen to it and you're going to be like, oh man, what a fucking sad story. Well, that also was. that was the formant. That's the artist, the, uh, the, the format, format, sorry. 
I've never okay. heard this song. song Sorry. It's called On On Your Porch. On Your Porch. Very nice. Yeah. So we're going to move on to our and second it, song here. This song is uh, by, uh, well, I'm not going to say who it's by, but this is Candy Claire's first choice. Here we go. jump in with my so the cure obviously is you know the king the originators of emo um so any song by the cure is pretty sad but that one i remember in high school so it's pictures of you so you know initially you're looking at it and you're thinking oh it's you're sad and it's when we actually had photographs in our hand and you're going through you know an angsty teenage breakup and all those things. Um, and then when I looked up the song, like sort of years later, um, it's, I thought when I read into it again, I'm like, oh, this is about someone that's killed themselves, right? And it's about, you know, Robert Smith, the great poet of our time, you know, remembering someone that killed themselves. And it's like this very, you know, dying in my arms or, snow angel white you know it's like oh wow how did i never really pick up on that before so it's one of those layered things that means something different for you at different stages and times in your life um and then when i today for this i looked up to see sort of what the meaning behind the song was and it's like <laughs> it's none of that at all it's him, he uh, had listened to some sort of essay that said, get rid of pictures and stuff in your life to sort of make way for new things. And then he said he just immediately regretted it. So it was literally him just getting rid of family pictures. There's nothing else. There's no suicide. <laughs> There's nothing else to it. It was just him sad getting rid of pictures. But... It it rang like you know like I said high school was like oh, boy like yeah you know just never we're gonna just it's over seventeen this is devastating my life is done and then reading it as like twenty six and I'm like why am I still alive clearly Robert Smith wants me to kill myself <laughs> it's interesting so many of the songs I imagine are from our childhood or from our teenage years like when I was putting together the list um, so many of my songs were from when my teenage years, cause I feel like you're so emotional in that time and you're going through a lot of breakups. Like I was a ladies man in high school and I had a lot of girls, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that Absolutely. was my, that was my prime time. That was before I lost also my had hair. hair. That's hair, the thing. Yeah. I had, blur I had beautiful curly hair. I was playing the guitar and stuff and you know, I did okay. And then when my hair fell out, everything changed. Just so, um, but the two songs I picked actually ended up not being from my childhood, uh, kind of. So, but I don't know. Um, I, I, real um, quick, uh, real quick. I just think it's going to be interesting uh, for the rest of this episode that what Candy said is a lot of these songs are just going to be from our personal interpretation of what they are, and that's what makes us cry to them. You know, mm -hmm. like she thought it was something that meant something that wasn't actually true, but you know, a lot of songs are not what they're actually. You know, they're about something that doesn't seem like they're about, and if we interpret it in su such a way, then hey, let them let it cry, as Hootie said, right, Jim? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was, I was about to say the same, like echo that exact same thing that, um, yeah, I think that's just like the power of music or any art that like everyone's always finding their own meaning. And even if it's just a song that's about throwing away family pictures, you know, in your head, you could, you know, it's just like about loss and, uh, you know, things gone by in the past, which could make you think of all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, the other thing I noticed a lot with these picks is compared to some of our other picks, it seems like an extremely uh, modern list. Everything seems to be like late, except for maybe one song is like late 80s to today. Um, so I wasn't sure if it's just like become more like sadness sells now or just less of a taboo to be, write like really sad songs now. It's but probably because of when we... Was interesting. It, it probably has to do with when we grew up. Right. Yeah. You know, a but lot also, of, I think less of a taboo, or knowingly, like you know, songs sold back in the day because they were upbeat and mm -hmm. happy, whereas you know, to to feel back then was taboo. Yeah. So it is a little bit different now. Now we well, feel yeah. much. <laughs> also, like if you listen, you know, John Coltrane and Miles Davis are writing songs that are about heartbreak and loss, but you know, with the jazz when it's in jazz, it yeah. doesn't really elicit tears. You know, you just kind of really can relax to it, but you don't, I don't I mean, I don't cry to jazz music. <laughs> I'd love to see that though. <laughs> and you just wanted to mention John Coltrane. You just wanted to use th that name, right? I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to make as many references. I've already made a Hootie and the Blowfish reference, John Coltrane and two Bill Murray movies. So you guys got to get on my, uh, you're level. not doing bad. Um, all right, let's move on to our next song. Um, you know, we have Emilio Savone here, who is the Jesus of comedy, as we like to call him, or I do. Damn right. And, uh, you know, his music can be questionable at times, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> but there's something about that, too, you know, because, you know, my wife's music can be um, questionable at times as well, you know. And uh, so it's here. It's a fresh perspective. Yeah, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Here we go. Who is that, Emilio? Man, it's Bette Midler. Wind it's... beneath my wings, I can see all of you crying while that song started to play. From I mean, that laughing. is like, I mean, let, that is in my, I mean, that is like, if that doesn't make you cry, then you're just not a human, I think. That is like the saddest song. Um, you know, that song for me, um, you know, Scott was saying how a lot of this brings up memories. When I was, that song came out, the movie, that's to the movie Beaches, which is, again, one of the saddest movies. So you have the sad movie and a sad song together. And if you watch it together, it's just, it's just super, super emotional. But the song itself, um, you know, when I was uh, in grammar school, I was in like second or third grade. Uh, someone in our class, his sister had passed away when she was 17 years old. And um, they played it at the wake. And uh, I probably shouldn't have been at the wake, but I went, and it was just so freaking sad. So that song uh, just reminds me of that. Um, and then obviously itself, it's just about you know someone who who passed on, and someone who was a mentor to someone, and and um, 
you know, they just, uh, they, they can never be, uh, you know, the, the song's about, and it's about the movie where it's about a movie star and her best friend was someone who wasn't a big star, but yet she died of cancer. And the whole song's about paying tribute to the fact that that person was the one who was actually the influential one, not the star. So it's it's a song basically about the people who do the intangibles and do the little things and how they're really the, uh, you know, they're really kind of the movers, if you will. It's kind of like what's happening now, right? Like the unsung heroes or the heroes really are all the people that are still working, the the nurses, the the doctors, the grocery workers, the people working at food stores. Um, you know, they usually don't get as much uh, shine as uh, everybody else, but the reality is those are the ones that are, putting everything at risk. So I think the song sheds light on those kinds of people. So it's just a really sad song. It's really emotional and it stirs up memories for me of when I was young and of someone that I knew. Um, it's really a kind of a first memory of death for me because I was so young. And I remember, again, someone's sister dying and she was only 17 years old. And then we would always play that song in school, like at every freaking, like, uh, you know, at every like event where we would have like a choir because I grew up, you know, I went to Catholic schools. And so, I mean, every grammar school would have some sort of like a few plays throughout the year, have a choir singing. They would always sing that song. And every time I hear that song, I'm just like, I get immediately, uh, you know, you get a little, a little, a little choked up. That was beautiful, Emilio. Thank you. Thank there you. is an, there is an awkwardness about listening to someone else talk about their feelings and what makes them cry and have us like try just not to start laughing because it's just so awkward. <laughs> like, well, we like, all oh. should start laughing because it is awkward. It I, is I don't funny. think it's, so I don't weird. think it's that awkward, you know? Yeah. yeah like I mean, I'm also at a funeral is like a super common yeah. thing. It's just like a way to yeah. like process. I think it's okay. If you, if you can't take I can it. Remember, I mean, I grew up in South Louisiana. There's just a lot of death there. A lot of teenage death too. And I can remember all the songs that were played at funerals. Oh, yeah. And then like here and you know, it's like, and then like, I remember years later, you know, another, uh, there was always like these, like, there was always death in my town, meaning like high school kids were always dying in car accidents or motorcycle accidents. It happened yeah. all the time. And a friend of mine passed away um, in her early twenties and at her funeral, they played it. So it's just like, it's always played at funerals, a song. It's always played at sad events. I mean, if you watch the movie beaches, the movie's terribly sad. Everything about it is just freaking sad. But I also feel like that one line is kind of bitchy, right? It's always cold there for you in my shadow. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. I always I always interpreted that as actually like a kind, understanding, empathetic version of that line. And I, I gotta say, Emilio, you were so eloquent. I wanted to make fun of you so hardcore for this song because like it also was what I considered sadness in middle school. You know what I mean? Like it was the saddest thing I'd ever known associated with you, that all that stuff. And then, you know, we all got older and more sad things happen and now it's almost like sad hack because it's like so old you can say hack or classic whatever you want to say but then you went through the whole thing and i was like yeah that is really meaningful i know yeah, i wanted to make fun of them too and then i just couldn't i was like all right well oh it's an obviously do? sad song though i mean again it makes i think i think i don't think there's one person who hears that song and doesn't think that's a sad it's a sad song right. you know but anyway in the spirit of moving on, we're going to move on to Amy's uh, first choice here, which uh, I was surprised by and pleasantly surprised. And here it comes. It's on. 
listening to uh that is massive attack paradise circus um and it it doesn't surprise me that you were surprised i'm such an idiot about music i actually was just googling like what genre is this specifically i'm just going to call it like electronic i think so i've got like two levels to this song one i have a whole playlist on spotify of moody stuff that's just like electronic bands that you wouldn't normally associate with emotions other than like i'm high on molly um but they do they have those songs in there that are these very like moody uh atmospheric songs and like it's triple whiskey and this playlist trip hop okay thank you (laughs) um i think that that's like it's really good crying fuel in that sense um and then like another one i put on here was uh portis head uh glory box i have eight or nine of them on my playlist also trip it's hop. sort of too like yeah, I think, trip I mean, hop fans yeah you ooh, like trip hop all right <laughs> <laughs> turns out i like trip hop <laughs> um but i think that they you know there's that and then also like heavy metal bands their ballads are some of the best things to cry to even though it doesn't feel necessarily like it should be the thing for that genre um and then going back to this all is personal and relates to things this is also um theme song to the British television show Luther with mm. Idris Elba. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's amazing. Um, and I super love that show. And season two came out uh, right around the time I had lost someone really important to me very suddenly. And like, it's a very dark show. It's dark. People die. There's real emotions. It's like a pop drama, but it's not like law and order. Um, and it was like, oddly comforting to me at that time like it came out and i was like this feels familiar it's also sad the show would make me sad it was was all that stuff so the theme song being this song kind of got stuck into my head as associated with sadness but also just in general a nice good as it turns out trip hop playlist um not not bad crying fuel Yep, I remember listening to a bunch of Portishead. I mean, I was big into Portishead um, in, uh, let's see, that must have been the early 2000s. Um, and it was definitely music to feel bad, you know, uh, for yourself, too. Um, yeah, Portishead, PJ Harvey. Yeah, all those bands. Yep, those are great bands to cry to. But yeah, the, when as soon as I heard it, Amy, I was like, I know what that's from. <laughs> <laughs> Amy and I are very much into uh, foreign crime dramas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Foreign yeah. crime dramas, huh? Yeah, like the British ones, the Norwegian, Swedish, Scandinavian Norwegian. ones. Oh, so good. Yeah. We like it really dark and murdery. <laughs> well, let me let me ask a quick question. Uh, Amy, did you say that you, so you knew this song before it was a theme song? No, that was, I. well, I knew as it turned, like, again, I'm an idiot about music. So it was one of those things where, like, when I added it into my spot, I found it, I added my Spotify list. It was like, oh, you might also like, and I was like, oh, I do also already like those songs. But no, yeah, the first place I heard it was season one, Luther. It was the theme song. I, I think that's interesting, though, because like that and uh, Emilio's pick with Wind Beneath My Wings, it's funny how we uh, equate the songs to uh a movie a tv show or anything else that is also sad and then that song just takes on a whole like another uh meaning and like just carries even more weight to it because it's associated 
like through its association with something sad, it then makes us sad. And I think that's also very interesting. It's funny, you know, a bunch of the songs that I put in, I think most of them were to a movie mm. or part of a soundtrack. Well, men are also very visual. True, true. It's true. I put my one of my choices from the movie Titanic. Oh, <clears throat> that's right, not, not one, not one of the wing. top two. It's because I was going oh. through a bad breakup and, you know, and, uh, and Titanic was like, uh, you know, salvation for me. Anyway, that's I'm going to go. <laughs> I was going to pick a Titanic song. Too. <laughs> that shit's good, man. I love that movie. It's very emotional. Um, my right. heart will go on or something else. No, it's, I think it's the Rose Rose. I don't know. It's not the main theme though. Okay. It's the, not the one with the guys the, uh, playing the violin. Remember the guys playing the yeah, violin? going down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when all the immigrants are stuff. in the basement playing their uh, their their song, <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna I go to uh, we're gonna go to my first choice now, right? Yep. And then then uh, Jim's. Here we go. Hearts on the loose. You rolled them sevens with nothing to lose. This ain't no place for the weary kind. All right, so that is Ryan Bingham. The song is The Weary Kind. Um, and it's actually a song off of the Crazy Heart soundtrack, which is weirdly enough. Um but it have you guys ever heard that song? It's a country song. Yes, because I remember when you were obsessed with that movie. <laughs> I was obsessed with the movie, and I was obsessed with this song in particular. Um, there's something about it that really resonated with me. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because it is a song sort of about alcoholism. And um, this song is a song. The choice, the two that I put on here are songs that I have very distinct memories of crying to. Um, very specifically, the weary kind is a song that I was getting into before I went to rehab. And so Jim, you probably remember back at studio radio 45, I was listening to this and, and I was relating to the song because yeah. there's, there's, uh, references to alcoholism. There's a line in the song that says, whiskey has been a thorn in my side and it doesn't forgive that kept, that would just make me cry because it was, um, it spoke to me in the sense of being um, stuck in a, in a dark place and not being able to get out. And I remember just drinking at the studio, throwing up in the daytime, and it wasn't even noon yet. Um, and just being in that dark place and having feeling like you're not going to be able to get out of it. Um, and then when I went to rehab, I brought my guitar with me to rehab, and I played a lot of guitar. Um, and this is one of the songs that I would be playing um, kind of over and over again, just to um, feel bad for myself too. You know, it was a song that kind of got me through that uh, month of kind of hell, but um, also like hope. Um, so, you know, for me, this song, it's not like an obvious choice for me in the sense of like, you wouldn't think of me picking a country song from a Jeff Bridges movie. Um but um, it resonated with me, and I cried to this song many, many times. So I thought it would be a great choice for me to uh, to put on the playlist. Hey, Jeff won. Jeff won uh, an Oscar for that movie, I believe. Did he? His one and only. His one and only Oscar was to Crazy Heart. 
That was a good movie, man. It's funny. We were just talking Great about how movie. so many of these are from movies, and I didn't even realize that this was from a movie. Uh, yeah. Wait, when did you just realize it now as we were talking about it? No, no. I mean, I just, as we were talking about movies, I, I, I realized that this song was from, uh, from Crazy Heart. Yeah, I didn't, even re- I didn't even think about it until now. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Because I think, I'm pretty sure that this song was already out before, before the movie, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Google it. Probably. I mean, not, not every song is, is tailor-made for a movie, right? They yeah. just put the song as part of their soundtrack. Wait, now, was in the movie, though, was this supposed to be, was it one of the songs that his character, like, sings? Um, I can't remember, to be honest with you. Um, I think it was a collaboration, maybe, that he did in the movie. I, ca- I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I have to go back. It's a movie I'd like to watch again, actually. But it's Funny, tough. I didn't know that. It's kind of tough for me crazy, to watch. I didn't know Crazy Heart was one of your favorite movies. It is. I mean, it's all about alcoholism, you know. And and um, and and it came out when I was really struggling. So I, you know, it was it it really um, resonated with me. Good choice. All right, so let's move on to our next choice. Um, we have Jim's first choice here. Here we go. Hey, Jim. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real It's hard to turn these songs off. I know. They sound so bad coming through the Zoom. Sounds so good coming through my console. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is uh, "Hurt" by Johnny Cash, it's a cover of a Nine Inch Nails song. And <laughs> well, it is. Um, and you know, I think like context. Wait, is, is it so really? Un- is it a cover of Nine Inch Nails? I thought it was the other way around. No, oh. no, 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 no. Trent Reznor no, no, no. wrote that song. Yeah. What? It is. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of those things. You yeah, you hear it. Um, it's definitely one of those songs where like that feels like the definitive version. Um, and it kind of made the original like reemerge as a, you know, sort of a, oh, a hit, but you know, Jim, does, the nine inch nails, the ori- does the nine inch nail song then make you, uh, like cry or sad or emotional? Um, so I, and that song, every time it comes on, the yeah. whole audience is like a stream of tears. Yeah. So, um, and you know, like everyone's been saying, like the context of this song is like, they don't just live on their own, you know, basically, um, you know, Johnny Cash was about to die and he knew it and, you know, and he recorded this song and there's just so much pain that you can feel in the singing. Um, and also just knowing that that's what was going on, I think makes it that much heavier. Um, and it touches on, you know, themes of, you know, the original definitely themes of like heroin and drug addiction, um, which is something both Johnny Cash and Trent Reznor struggled with. So I think that, you know, that just makes it feel a little more real as well. Um, And I think, yeah, just like the cover aspect is really interesting. You have like this traditional country Americana artist covering, you know, one of the more like inventive um, and like, you know, acts that really pushed the envelope in the 90s with Nine Inch Nails. and being able to just like find that, you know, by like stripping 
the song down, like finding some extra, something extra in it, as opposed to, you know, adding more, stripping away all the electronics, just him um, and acoustic instruments. Um, and yeah, I think the lyrics, they're just, you know, it, it, as much as it's about like addiction and struggling with that, it's also about like, you know, just hating yourself for who you are, which is, you know, obviously just an awful thing. Um, and then I don't even, you know, it doesn't really even talk about death so much in the song, but you just kind of feel that knowing what was actually going on with Johnny Cash at the time. Um, and I think the music video adds another element to it as well. Definitely watch it if you haven't. It's basically sort of like a retrospective of like pictures of Johnny Cash's life. Um, and then against like him just in his old age, basically sitting there, sitting down, singing um, you know, at the end of his life. And yeah, you know, I, I struggled a little bit with the pick. I actually had two other cover songs by people who were about to die <laughs> that were, that I almost picked, which were knocking on heaven's door by Warren Zevon and hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Um, but I ended up going with this one just cause I think, you know, just Johnny Cash's life and everything that was going on just felt a lot more powerful to me. Well, that video, that video the David Bowie, was, the last David Bowie album that he did, right? Then came yeah, out. Black Star. Yeah. And then when you go back, those songs have so, like, you know, even the videos, like, you know, the visuals to that as well as some man that's on the verge of dying, you know? It's, yeah. Like, it just adds so much weight to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The video, Johnny Cash literally looks like he's melting. Mm-hmm. And I don't say yeah. that as a joke. Like, he looks like, like that guy's going to be dead soon. And he literally was. Like, I don't even think it was a month after the video came out and this, this came out that he, he had passed. So it was like that when I hear Jim, cause me and you have talked about this before when you like that song is like you take a nine inch nail song and then you strip it down and put it to an acoustic, which will always make everything sadder. But like, then you listen to those lyrics that Trent Reznor wrote and you're like, wow, this fucking song is sad as shit. Yeah. And then you have a guy who's dying perform it right before he dies Holy smokes. I mean, like, yeah, that I think that is a, a pretty good pick for songs to cry to. Listen, man, we should distribute this to people dying of uh, COVID. They listen to this playlist. <laughs> this is your hospice. Well, the Nine Inch Nails version is really powerful, too. I mean, that's why. Oh, that's yeah, why I was very. Asking. But what, yeah. is their version, does it stir up emotion for you, too, Jim? Is it more- oh, yeah, big time. Actually, I mean, I almost picked it, but, you know, I just went with this one because of, you know, the context of him. And recording it as he knew he was dying, but um, the Nine Inch Nails version is great. It's very powerful. It's um, and to see that it's like very abrasive is because a Nine Inch Nails yeah. concert is very energetic. Lights. Mm. It's very you know. It's one of the best live shows I've ever ever seen, and I've seen them live every year or every time they're on tour since 1994. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually had free tickets to see them um, at Jones oh, Beach. Bad. Right before their supposed last tour with Jane's Addiction. And I had just come back from the, basically this all-night rave in Baltimore called Starscape. And um, I couldn't make it out there. And I was very, very sad. And, you know, we didn't know it was their last tour at the time. And I think, like, a day later, they said this is going to be our last tour. Yeah, FYI, FYI guys, Jim's a fucking maniac. <laughs> when we... <laughs> Uh, Jim's a little bit more. All the songs he put in there, I was like, Jesus, Jim. Yeah. Jim is, there's depth to Jim that you would never know. 
Um, There's a lot of songs on the entire list that I would love to get into, but we I should know. probably keep. I know, on. I know. All right, so we're gonna Sorry, go to, to we're gonna go to Nick's second choice, and here it comes. Of all the things I believed in, <laughs> I just want to get it over with. Tears form behind my eyes, but I do not cry. That is She's so damn underrated, by the way. That is Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch, uh, the unplugged version. Um, the, the regular version is pretty sad, but the unplugged version as, as kind of a theme, you know, acoustic makes it sadder. Uh, there's so many songs I wanted. There's so many emo songs I wanted to put on this list and talk about in the episode, but it's like, Oh, okay. Which girl didn't like me back. And then I like this song too, you know? Um, so I take it, I take it upon myself to now use these challenges to bring up artists that I really like that fit the criteria. And uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a Michelle Branch fan. I did not, not know because that. Because <laughs> she's like my celebrity crush. I And this is the song that proves it. It's like, I'm a Michelle Branch fan because I like her music. I actually listened to her country album that came out a couple years ago. You know, like, I, and this song, once again, came out kind of the same time as my previous pick. Uh, I kind of I latched onto it because it was what I was dealing with, having to say goodbye to somebody. And uh, But this is the song that made me like you know what i really like michelle branch as an artist and uh i've been a fan of her ever since and like that entire album the spirit room is fantastic and this is like a song that not too many people know about from the album because they know uh, everywhere and all you want as you should uh but this song is um yeah this one for me personally definitely i uh, i've shed a lot of tears too as uh it's kind of the same um the same thing that i was dealing with with the first song and then uh um, yeah, just gives me an excuse to bring up Michelle Branch on the podcast. So I, uh, you know, kill two birds with one stone on this one. I'm a Michelle Branch fan. Is that what you... I know the original version. I've never heard that version before, though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very similar. It's not like it's not like a Johnny Cash Nine Inch Nails difference. Uh, but it's uh, the acoustic version or the unplugged. That's what that's what everything was called when you did acoustic versions in the late nineties, early two thousands was unplugged. And uh, it's just, it's, like I said, it's just sad. It's just sadder because that's what acoustic music does. It makes you, it makes you cry a little bit more. So many good yes. songs from the unplugged stuff. I mean, the, uh, one of my choices was Nirvana. Uh, oh yeah. I, that, say, I don't that, think anyone put that on. I, what Nirvana? Well, and that is the most watched show. Well, all apologies specifically. Yeah. 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 I mean that, that, that uh, album is fantastic. It. You just put Nick, it, That wasn't Vanessa have, Carlton. Oh, wait, that's not unplugged. I feel like, uh, Emilio, I feel like you're setting me up to tell my joke. Like this was Comics Unleashed or some shit. And you're like, oh, hey, so I uh, heard you went into the mall the other day. And then I just oh, because I, I, I too like Michelle Branch. We've talked about this. Yes. Michelle but, uh, Branch, Vanessa you know, Carlton, Vanessa or Carlton. the big pop of female pop music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we are going long. So let's keep it moving, baby. Here we go. Here's, can <laughs> Here's Candy's second choice. Oh. 
We both lie silently still in the dead of the night Although we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did Did my words not... Yeah! Poison. I mean, I was a metalhead fangirl like with the posters and magazine cutouts from metal edge magazine like all over my room huge poison fan you know and then it was also for me like i didn't have cable i didn't have mtv but my a girlfriend of mine down the street did and it was a big deal for me to go to her house because this video came out and it was like oh my god this is poison like this is their ballad and every rose uh, has its thorn by the way yeah And it was like, look at this sexy man with the diabetes, like really feeling some stuff. (laughs) And that whole opening scene, like he doesn't have pants on and he's getting up out of the bed and it's like rain. It was just like everything, like it hit every element of just feeling. And especially as a teenage girl at the time, I was like, ooh, I feel all kinds of things. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say that literally gave me like adolescent chills across the decades as it like broke into the yeah. part of it. I was like, Oh shit. Yes, yeah. I remember how this felt. Yeah. So it was like, for me, it was like the thing for that time, it was like the first quote unquote power ballad, you know, and for being such a fan of, I think more or less like the aesthetics of it, like the hair and the makeup and that being kind of rebellious, Thing, that was the song that actually went deeper into me and that was something like oh no they're actually real musicians you know they're not just clowns um so it was just like and then everyone was feeling the same thing so it was kind of like Amy was just saying it's this sort of collective adolescent energy that we all were feeling it together for the first time and it was pretty cool yeah. Amelia you must have something to say about this Oh quick, God! Well, I, that song. I mean, Candy. I, I love Candy's taste of music. Like when we're at the club and she puts on, when she has access to the Spotify, it's yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I mean, when I heard the second that song came on, I mean, it's funny because I was going to choose uh, a Skid Row song. Um, I remember, I remember you. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like the same kind yeah. of. This is this is this is definitely ballad. in Emilio's wheelhouse. Oh God, are you kidding me? And Foster faithfully ballads. by Journey, oh, but. Yeah. But uh, but totally, are you kidding? I, I I agree. I mean that I remember the video to that song. You know, I remember, remember, yeah. uh, you know, Brett Michael singing that song, and and yeah, of course, and that's Candy nailed it with that one. They just don't make quick, them like they used to. Quick side note: Brett Michaels is a diehard Steelers fan, so he's okay in my book. Huh. I'm just happy I didn't say Shawn Michaels. <laughs> All right, let's go to Emilio's. Let's go to Emilio's second choice here, everybody. It looks similar. love to play more of it but i think legally we're not allowed to but we don't really know uh go I ahead the girly i picked the girliest stuff I think. What, what what's uh, who's the artist no way kate dude bush. this is the pick that's kate bush uh this woman's work oh now when i was a um a freshman in college 
Um, there was, uh, there was a, you know, every, at the time, this was 96. This song came out in 89. First time I really heard it, though, I think was, was probably freshman year in high school, though it's on the soundtrack to He Said, She Said, which was a movie with Kevin Bacon and um, the, the lead actress was in Big. Elizabeth Perkins, I think her name was. And uh, she dies of a miscarriage. Now, I saw that movie after I'd already heard this song. So I hadn't seen that movie until years later. If you watch the movie with the song, it's even sadder because, again, it plays like as she's, they find out that she has a miscarriage. But, you know, in 1996, you know, the, the big bands were like Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana was big and Sublime was getting big. And there was a group of girls that would listen to stuff like the Indigo Girls uh, there was like a a dorm with like, and we had pretty big dorm rooms. So there was a basically a suite of four girls that I was really good friends with, and they would listen to Indigo Girls. They would listen to you know Kate Bush. They would listen to Sarah McLaughlin, and I actually really liked that stuff. As Scott says, I have weird eclectic taste. Not that it's weird, but I have like strange. I, I like a lot of weird stuff. Like I'll listen to like heavy metal, but then I'll also listen to like boy band stuff. And I would always hang out listening to these songs with with. It would be like, I'd be like the only guy with these girls listening to this music. And I remember hearing that song for the first time and just being like really touched. And then I ended up like kind of having a thing with one of the girls, you know, kind of quasi dating her. And so this song kind of reminds me of freshman year. And then years later, seeing the movie and then having a whole nother layer to the song. And then I looked at the, the lyrics, like I'm sure everyone else did, because I never really listened to the lyrics. And the lyrics are really, really sad. It's like about like holding on. It's about, it's about like fighting through. It's about coming back. It, 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 it's about like really just kind of like weathering a storm. Um, but just like the melody and just like this. I mean, again, that beginning that what Scott played is like the very beginning of it. It's just sad. I mean, it's just the sound of it is sad. Like usually when I listen to music, I don't really even like focus on the words. I just kind of like go on by the beat or just the sound of it. It's just a really, really, really sad song. And then I heard, an, I heard a like a um, basically like an acoustic version of it, like a bunch of years ago, just randomly on Spotify. And it's just one of those songs that lyrics or not, even without lyrics, you can identify it. And when you guys said pick two songs that make you sad or make you cry, this was like this was the this was the first one I thought of. And it's something you don't hear that much. You don't hear this song that much. That's the thing. So like you take like journey songs, like I love the song faithfully, which is another song that stirs up emotion, but you hear that song all the time. You never really hear this song. So when you do hear it, it's like, Oh, you know, it just becomes like a very sad thing. Well, I want to, I just, I don't want to interrupt your uh, trip down Lil affair, but I think it's a great <laughs> song. Actually. I don't, I, I don't want to make funny. I, it's a, when you put it on, I was like, Oh, that's a good, that's a good pick. Um, but here's a little little tidbit about that song is the first time I ever heard it, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's oh, a song, that they, really? song they play when D has the baby and they come wheeling her out and they like kind of zoom in on Mac because that's his real life baby. And uh, <laughs> they play that song. And I was like, what is this song? Wait, is, I, that, is that on the latest season? No, this when she has the baby in like season eight or nine. I, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, it's whenever D is pregnant, and she She's finally like has surrogate. the baby. Yeah, the song, oh, they, they play the song. And it's also in The Handmaid's Tale. Um, Claudia was just watching that the other day, and I heard this song. I was like, what are you listening to? Are you sad? <laughs> I literally <laughs> went outside. I was like, are you okay? Why are you listening to this song? I listen to the song when I'm sad, and it, it was it on pop, the TV. It pops up in a lot of places, just like randomly. And again, the song came out, I think, in 88, 89, and it definitely, I think, influenced 
like the Sarah McLaughlin's of the world and, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the really strong female artists that came out at that time. Um, but, um, but yeah, I really love it. And I love that kind of music. I've been to Indigo Girls concerts. I just, I don't know, I, I, I just like that genre and, uh, and this yeah, song especially. All right, well, we're going to go. We're going to move on to Amy's next choice. Here we go. Scientist by Coldplay. It's one of two Coldplay songs I put on, and I noticed Jim put another Coldplay song on, so I think we can just yes. all agree Coldplay does solid emo shit. <laughs> uh, not in the genre sense, in the feeling sense. Um, and it's funny too because I was thinking about it, and you know, Coldplay, like they've admitted, like, oh, we're not very good at writing lyrics. Actually, a lot of our songs don't make sense and, and whatever. Um, and I think this is mostly about breakup but then like the video is about a car accident in reverse and so it also does bring in this element of death to the song you know there's a part where he's like come back and haunt you but honestly like it's just the it's like the music itself is very stirring and emotional the piano all of the the arrangement and the way it builds and that in the chorus it just says uh nobody said it was easy it was it nobody said it'd be easy but no one ever said it would be this hard. Like the that line, oh God, every time you get to that, and then especially like the second time through that chorus, oh my, hits me every time. And then on the personal story side of it, uh, this came out when I lived in Budapest the second time. This was around the era of like Kazaa and Napster. There's no iTunes, there's no Spotify. But also in Hungary, you basically only had dial-up option and it was this whole thing. You had to get a card and it paid by the minute. So I couldn't, download anything i had to go and every electronics and, and cds and things like that were really expensive there like relative to money that you would actually make so i had a very small collection of cds and an actual boom box and that was all the music i had to listen to this was one of the cds so it was like a hard like it was my of my limited collection it, when i was sad when i lived there it in the second time around like this was my favorite song because it was all I had. This is a great, this is a great album. Yeah. I love this album. I love Coldplay. Actually, believe it or not, um, they you know, get I, so much needless hate. What's that? I know. Yeah. Coldplay gets so much needless hate. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that needlessly hate them. I mean, there's no reason to hate them. They write right. really good songs that clearly, you know, resonate with a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just, I mean, I just hate them just because it's, you know, because it annoys you guys. Uh, Amy, just, I mean, the song, the song, the song is good. It's real good. Coldplay is a good band. I'm not, I'm just kind of kidding around. Uh, but your story there, how that was like the only songs you had listening to that story just made me think of two other songs that I need to put on this list as soon as we're done here, because it just triggered a memory in my head of like of a time that was very similar to yours. And that's great. I love, I love this. I love the origin of why a song means something to somebody. And I really, I don't, for 
just the simple, uh, I had a boombox and a CD and that's the only, <laughs> yep. know, just, I don't know. I, I relate to that. Yeah. I've, I've actually added a couple of songs to the list while we've been recording it. Like and some that, things Emilio said triggered things. I was like, Oh yeah, that song. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Amy, is that, is that, that's an, is that an earlier Coldplay song? When did that come yeah. out? Yeah. It came out around the same time as, um, trouble but trouble was the one that like hit really big this one actually too i i don't know how big it was in america it was like pretty big in europe on the charts there and on the music tv and that's where i i saw it but i remember like coming back to the u.s and people were like oh i fucking hate cold play and they would reference trouble and they didn't know it so i don't think it charted as high it was, it was definitely it was definitely big here what year was that it was big yeah 2002 i think oh yeah or yeah that three? was that was, that was my favorite, and you know, I, I think everyone on Scott could definitely talk about this. That was like one of my favorite things about when I like I studied abroad was like hearing music there, right? That maybe wasn't big in the states yet, or maybe yeah. might never, or been never big would be. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's the same thing. There's a lot of songs that like I'll hear that were from like you know that were obviously popularized American bands or bands yeah. that were big here. You know, the songs will remind me of the time of when I was in Italy, you know what I mean? Or in Europe. Yeah. So it's funny that you kind of, it's the same thing with you with this song. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play my next song. Here we go. All right, I could go on with that. For, uh, there's a lot behind this, and I'm going to get real, real on this fucking podcast. Uh, th- oh, yeah. This song, Signet Committee, is, means a lot to me. One, it's the song that I want to play at my funeral. So, not Mark, the one you, you want to die to, though. Not, not the one the I want to die to. I want to die to King Crimson. The song he wants to die to. That's King Crimson yeah. Islands. That's the song I want to die to. And this is the one that I want played at my funeral. So it's a nine-minute song. Right, and I don't You're want the only guy I know who already knows what they had a song <laughs> for the funeral. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? I'm prepared. You know, I want things a certain way. My father had a, a song for his funeral planned out the whole thing. Um, but anyway, so this is a nine minute song. I want everybody to sit and listen to nine minutes of this song at my funeral, right? And the last like minute and a half is just David Bowie saying, I want to live. We want to live over and over and over again. You know, I thought that would be kind of a funny little joke, uh, you know, at the funeral. Like, I want to live. It's like me being, you know, like, I want to live. I want to live. So that's funny. Um, But then also, you know, that there's a lot of meaning um, to, to David Bowie in general for me, because when I was, let's see, 19, 20, 21 and around those times, um, it's when my father was sort of at the end of his life and, it, you know, my dad died of a uh, terrible disease known as AIDS. <laughs> um, and you guys know I make jokes about it a lot, but um, it's true. You know, he did die of AIDS. And at the end of his life, I spent a lot of time in Europe where he was living in France, um, up in the mountains in the Alps, um, taking care of him so he wouldn't have to be in the hospital. So at the end of his life, I was there with him. Um, um, for a good year, it was just me and him, me taking care of him. Um, and I remember leaving the house for the last time we had to take him to a hospice 
Um, we brought him down to the hospice and, uh, and it was about an hour and a half drive for me every time I would go to the hospice and back to the house. And in those drives, I was, I was really getting into Bowie and, 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 um, early Bowie, you know, Bowie from the seventies. Um, and I remember just smoking cigarettes, listening to these songs over and over again. And so there's a deep, um, there's a deep, um, I, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, memory of these songs that's ingrained in that period of my life where it was me sort of in isolation taking care of my father um, who was dying and I remember we were in hospice and the doctors he wasn't he wasn't getting better he um, but he wasn't letting go so we were there with the whole family for a couple months just waiting basically for him to die Um, and the hospital had suggested for us to to leave so that he could be left alone. Otherwise, he would never let go, which was a weird thing. But, you know, the I, I remember being at the hospice and knowing that this was going to be the last time I was going to see my dad and having to say goodbye to him. And, you know, obviously this is really dark for a podcast, but it's the reality. Like, you know, it was the last time I was going to see him and I knew it. And I had to say goodbye to him. Um, and he uh, was on morphine and completely confused. And I don't think he ever really understood what was happening. Um, and I had to say goodbye. And I knew this was the last time I was ever going to see him. And when we left, I was bawling. I was crying. And I was driving. And I, and I had to go back up to the house, which is like an hour and a half away. And I put this song on. It's like, you know... Um, and and I just fucking cranked it in the car and I just went crazy, like hundred miles an hour listening to this song, fucking bawling, um, knowing like, Hey, I just said goodbye to my dad for the last time. And it was, that was the last time I saw him. And so as far as like an emotional song and a song that you can cry to this for me was my biggest, uh, song I could possibly pick because that was probably the hardest moment of my life. Um, so yeah, sorry. that got a little dark, but you know, uh, I, well, Scott, I, I love that. I, I love that story. Um, uh, I have something similar, but we can talk about that later. Uh, but I want to ask you though, do you still like when you hear this song now, does it still make you cry or does it just remind you of the time that was awful? It can, it can make me cry. You know the, do you know the difference? Do you know, you know the difference I'm, I'm alluding to is like sometimes like it just reminds you of a time when you were sad and that can kind of choke you up or every time you hear a song, it, it makes you cry. I mean, it brings me back to that time, uh, you know, um, and it doesn't, doesn't really make me cry, but it helps me get through things. You know, like if I'm going through a struggle, I, there's this record in particular and this song in particular something about it you know like if i if i need to get through something whatever there's those go-to songs that you listen to to really you know get you through something and that for me is what music is all about is like really it's a way to heal it's a way to get you through stuff in life that's really tough so you know as we're going through what's happening with covid and like hundreds of thousands of people are dying you know this podcast is great because it's a way for us to deal with that. And so like with the panels, with the panels and, and the playlist that we're making, they're all sort of related to what we're all going through right now. 
So as we listen to these songs, I feel like they're really ingraining in us what we're all going through right now, which is unprecedented. None of us have ever dealt with anything like this before. You know what I mean? And so it's so important for me to be able to have these songs and to have music to get us through these fucking times because it's tough, you know, and sometimes you just want to let go and listen to a song and fucking cry it out, you know, and that's what this playlist is all about. A fun fact. My father dated David Bowie's tour manager before he ever came to the U.S. And my dad had been to the U.S. before. And so actually him and David Bowie went to the same school, but my dad was four years older. Um, and so he was very interested in what my dad had been here and was very, he said he was very nervous and very timid and scared and had never been to the U.S. and was very nervous about coming. Really? So, wow. That's a little claim to fame. Oh, <laughs> Very nice. Where's your dad now? He died. Oh. <laughs> did you listen to a song the last time? Did you listen to a song the last time you had to say goodbye? I mean, my dad died of a stroke in 1992. Oh, damn. That's speaking. right. I remember yeah. this. Yeah. What were you listening to? But my dad's favorite was Prince. So whenever I hear... Prince is on the playlist, on the, on the bigger playlist, too. Ah, uh, yeah. Purple Rain, I bet. It's got to be yeah. Purple Rain, right? No. Yeah, but his no. favorite song was Party Like It's 1999. And I remember him being very excited for 1999, but he died in 1992. Oh, man, that's very sad. Well, I say we move on to Jim to bring it home. All right, we're going to bring it home with Jim. Jim, can you, beat that that last, than Jim can you beat that last pick? I don't know. No. That's a tough one to follow. No. We may have to edit it, so that, that's the last one. <laughs> Drink up, baby. Stay up all night with the things you could do. You won't, but you might. The potential you'll be that you'll never see. The promises you'll only make. Drink up with me now and forget all about the pressure of days. Okay, so that's um, Between the Bars by Elliot Smith. And um, I mean, Elliot Smith was definitely the first artist I thought of when we said we were going to put this together. I don't know if that was the first song I necessarily thought of. I felt like I could have picked like any one of four or five songs. Um, but, you know, if you don't know his music, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of songs like that that are just about depression, addiction, and, you know, just wanting to die, basically. Um, and, you know, he was also a huge influence on, you know, kind of the 2000s acoustic indie music scene. So definitely check him out if you don't know much of his music. But, you know, I felt like through all, all these songs, there's like sort of a bunch of themes that come up when we're like, oh, these are the songs that make us cry. It's like death, end of a relationship and like depression, along with, you know, coupled with like drug addiction. Um, and I think this song kind of hits all of those in different ways, if not in the lyrics and just like the context of like, you know, his music is like a big part of the soundtrack of Goodwill Hunting. Um, and, you know, which has all those themes, alcohol abuse, physical abuse, fear of being loved. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the song is really about just like using substances and, you know, specifically alcohol to just drown everything out that's going on in your life um, because everything is awful. 
And, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's, you know, it's really something Elliot Smith struggled with, uh, heroin addiction, alcohol addiction. Um, and, you know, he eventually killed himself uh, in 2003. So, you know, it's one of those things that just makes it that much more real and that much more sad. Um, but I think really, you know, Goodwill Hunting is, is definitely one of my favorite movies. And his music throughout it just kind of works, you know, works perfectly. Um, they play this song right at the end of the scene where he's talking, where uh, Matt Damon's talking with Robin Williams about, you know, how he met his wife, um, and, you know, who, who is, you know, then had like a battle with cancer and died. Um, and then, you know, how he was just like so like open and honest and just like skipped this huge baseball game because he wanted to go talk to this girl. Obviously, that's where the line, uh, you know, I went to see about a girl came from. Um, but and then it's just it moves to him in his relationship with um, with Minnie Driver, just kind of being like really cagey and not being able to be honest with her um, about, you know, his life and where he comes from and all of that. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Just it, it's an incredibly depressing song and, um, you know, partially depressing movie that it that it uh, that it comes from. But, you know, the movie is also a little hopeful. So I think it's a great choice. It's Elliot Smith. Bad. Elliot Smith's music is fantastic. Yeah. You, you put a couple Elliot Smith songs on the list, right? Yeah. And I actually just added one more. <laughs> yeah. I was going to I actually but, was um, going to put one on, yeah. too. And I saw I see that you some, had, had a couple. Yeah, I see some that are uh, that are growing. We should make yeah. these playlists public so that our listeners can add songs if they want to as well. Our listeners are called, or, or they're called the Pinchers. I think they've named themselves the Pinchers. Who, who is it? Did you our, just, all our Nick, fans. you named yourself the Pinchers? <laughs> Where did you get that Why from? Why would you have to blow it up? Why can't we just act as if, you know? Uh, all you pin, I love that. All you pinchers out there, check out the all playlist. You and, out there, check and if out you the if you want to add something to our playlist, please, they're public playlist, I believe, and so you can add anything you want. I'd love to see what you guys have going on. Um, look, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Was a very emotional podcast. Um, I'm more depressed than coming in. I don't know about you guys. Definitely, uh, definitely yeah. depressed. I'm feeling very. I'm alone in the studio. Who knows what could happen? Just throwing that out there. If you don't hear from me in the next day or so, come check out the studio, see what's happening. Because uh, <laughs> I might be hanging from the the skylight. So, anyway. Um, Stay th- tuned to the thrilling <laughs> conclusion. Yeah. Real cliffhanger. <laughs> on a snack. You're going to pull a snack and then there's yeah, Scott. The exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to hang yourself. Uh, anyway. Wow. I always thought that the snack basket was going to kill me, but this whole time it was Scott. <laughs> no, it was me the whole time. For those who don't know, we have a snack basket in the office that's hung by a pulley system where we're now alluding to that Scott will now hang himself replace the bananas with his bananas and kill himself. So that's a great way to end this podcast. All right. Well, so uh, shout out to paper house network. Um, the network's a newly formed network and we have some great podcasts on there. We have the New York comedy club podcast. Um, we have the, uh, what's the other one on there? Oh, the Carrie, Carrie Allen, Allen picture show, show which is a, one about film the gone girls. And we just added the gone girls, um, which is a great podcast to check out. Please do, do so accordingly and like subscribe, write reviews, all that fun stuff. Um, I assume as this uh, this apocalypse keeps going, we're going to continue to do more panels with panels and continue to have more fun playlists to listen to um, through this weird, weird time. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everybody have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Pinch Music Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, 
please do us a favor, subscribe and leave a review. Also, check out the show notes for links and playlists curated by the ear himself. And make sure you check out pinchrecording.com.